Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. Just a shout out to uh, Pete. Uh, Pete uh, wrote a little while ago and said, Rob, uh, you know, love the content, love what you do. Uh, some of your titles are a bit boring. So thank you for the feedback. We always appreciate uh, feedback. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. Uh, but I do apologise for this one because this is dealing with damp and condensation in your properties. So sorry for that one, Pete. But yes, we will try and make things more exciting in terms of titles moving forward. This is quite an important subject, though, uh, dealing with damp and condensation. There's different types of damp that you can get. Uh, Some people might mistake damp for condensation. You know, is condensation a type of damp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just going to break down the the differences, really, and and how to realise what one's what. Uh, And then a couple of top tips for how to effectively deal with different things that might arise, no pun intended, uh, in your property. Again, as with things we've been through recently, this can obviously apply to where you live, your own home, and also can apply to your portfolio as well, any properties that you own. So depending on who you want to believe and what you want to read, uh, some people say there's three types of damp and put condensation in there. Some people say that there's two types of damp and condensation is different. I agree with the latter. I'd say that there's two types of damp and that condensation, condensation sorry, is uh, a different ball game. The two types of damp that you can get, number one would be rising damp, and number two would be penetrating damp. What is rising damp? Well, rising damp, kind of like Ron Seal, does exactly what it says on the tin. It's damp that rises upwards. And normally, it will come up through walls, it will come up through floors, and it's done by capillary action. So that might be that you have a, a joist or some brickwork somewhere that's connected to uh, some water or to some soil. Uh, the soil obviously takes is permeable, takes on water, goes up the brick, and then that will go you know, up to the walls, etc., etc. It's commonly seen at the base of walls, in all fairness, in, in older school properties. Uh, so your Victorian properties, your solid brick properties, that's where it's most commonly found. But rising damp typically has a low low height and it's rarely, it rarely goes above 1.2, 1.5 metres. And the reason for that is uh, gravity takes over, basically, at that point. Rising damp can often be misdiagnosed, so it's important to try and understand what it is and how to recognize it it can be quite straightforward you'll you'll just see wet patches forming basically uh, from the floor upwards so again uh, when i say floor upwards we're talking ground floor so if you live in a uh you know if you live in a two-story property uh, and you've only got damp on the top floor that's a different type of damp it will come from the bottom of the property and say it's through capillary action as well uh, and as I said, it will travel through stuff like brick, sandstone and mortar, etc. And this is why it's, it can be quite common in the older types of properties. And then secondly, you've got penetrating damp. A penetrating damp is likely to occur when defects are present. Uh, so you might have issues with your brickwork, for example. You might have issues with the rendering, maybe uh, something needs repointing. Maybe you've got dodgy guttering, uh, you know, fascias or fascias. I, I never realised actually how to say that word. Soffits, 
maybe they're wooden, maybe they're taken on water. Maybe you've got defective seals around the windows and doors. Maybe you've got issues with cavity walls, all these sorts of things. Uh, these are one of the things that what I'd recommend to do. One way to have a good look uh, on a clear day or a day when you've, you know, it's not fogged over or whatever, go outside, get a good pair of binoculars and have a look yourself. Now, word of warning, if you're going to get some binoculars and stand in the street and look at property, if you own a property, fine. Uh, you know, if your tenants are in there, do let them know because uh, you might get some dodgy remarks from other people in the vicinity. Uh, it probably does look a bit dodgy if you've got your binoculars out. People, <laughs> I won't even get into what people might think that you're doing, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Just let people know if you're going to be taking your binos out and, and looking at property. And the other one as well on top of that is to have a look at where cables or pipes are coming in and out of the property. Is there a gap there? Is there a gap in the pipe work? Is there a gap in the brickwork around the pipe as well? Sometimes the, the tiniest hole can lead to the biggest problem. Uh, and that that was, yeah, that's not an innuendo uh, at all. Uh, dry humour there for you, dry humour. Finally, the location and the aspect of the wall. So... You know, if, if you get a lot of northeasterly winds or northeasterly rains, for example, and your wall is southwest facing, then yeah, that rain is going to hit that wall, and you might have a bit of an issue there as well. So just be careful. Uh, might be careful. We just have an understanding of, of the way or the direction that the wall faces as well. Key difference between rising damp and uh, penetrative damp. Uh, so. Pe Rising damp again, as we said, will come up from the bottom of the property and it's normally vertical, normally rises vertically. Whereas penetrating damp is more than likely going to be horizontal. And again, it's going to come from more than likely the top of your home, your property as well. Uh, so the other thing to check really as well, check your tiling, check your roofing, check the flashing. Is Does it all look okay? If it doesn't, you, chances are you're going to property might take on some water and that might lead to damp over time. So that's rising damp, that's penetrating damp. How do you deal with both of them? Well, rising damp, uh, normally you can contact uh, a DPC, a damp proof course specialist, get them to come around and have a survey. Uh, nine times out of 10, it will involve hacking the plaster off, putting some form of membrane in to stop any water ingress or water rising. Uh, replaster, leave to dry, then coat. There are other ways to do it. Um, yeah, I think if you go to like someone like MK and Building Merchants or other places, you can get some Febtech Super as well. That's a more cost-effective way of, of dealing with it. The key thing with rising damp is to make sure that everything is as dry as possible. Bear in mind it's coming from the ground. So although someone might come in and, and, and do a damp-proof course and you know sort out the walls, Fine, but then what's the brickwork underneath like? What are the joists like underneath? You know, are they connected to anything? Can we remove some soil? Stuff like that. Do we need a new joist? You might as well get that looked at at the same time. It sounds daunting, but there's no point getting a DPC done um, if the problem's just going to persist again because you've got structural issues underneath the uh, underneath the house or where the rising damp is coming up from. So get that looked at at the same time. The penetrating damp. As I mentioned, uh, you know, there's various ways that you can sort that out. It, it depends how it's happening, to be honest. Again, if you've got missing tiles or missing slates, etc., get it sorted. Same with the flashing, get it sorted. 
again, same with gutter in windows, fascia soffits, get them sorted. Have a look at the holes um, around the, the pipes, the cables, etc. Uh, get them infilled if necessary. Just remember the location aspect of the wall. Again, look at that, have an understanding of this. Uh, if you've got an understanding of this, it might help you to diagnose things a lot better. Um, I know it can be difficult if you're quite far away from your portfolio, but this is where you need a letters agent that knows their shit, or this is where you need to have a good trust and faith in a building team that know their stuff as well. Because, you know, I'm not saying all builders are cowboys, not always the case, but someone might turn up and go, oh, yeah, you need a new roof on that. You know, three or four thousand pound later, it, you know, you realise actually it was just a tile that was missing and, you know, Rob the roofer could have fixed it for 60 quid. Photos are invaluable as well when you're dealing with your portfolio. So once someone's detected something, get some photos of it as well. And again, try and get them to use the auto stamper app that we mentioned last week as well. So that's rising damp, that's penetrating damp. Those are the signs. That's what to look out for. That's also how to fix them. Now, the other thing that people will get quite concerned about is condensation. And condensation can be quite uh, a touchy subject. I'm not going to give you a science lesson of how condensation occurs, but in a nutshell, when water vapour within warm internal air meets a cold surface, it encourages the water vapour to convert into its original liquid form. This will normally happen if rooms are poorly ventilated, if the house is poorly ventilated, or in rooms with a high moisture content. So for example, kitchens and bathrooms are going to be two common ones. Number one, because you're cooking, number two, because you're showering. When the issue isn't addressed, this is when more dangerous things can occur. So if condensation isn't dealt with properly, then what will happen over time, and this is the worst case scenario, but what will happen over time is it's not dealt with. The condensation can then lead to mold, but the mold can then uh, over time lead to black mold. And I believe black mold is one of the biggest killers in property behind fires. It is very, very dangerous, this black mold. It's very easy to... To, to establish it or to see what it is because well it's mold that's black getting rid of it is also quite straightforward uh, normally find and again this is through my experience is uh, bleach and a, an old cloth normally does the job bleach good cloth bit of elbow grease as well uh, that will nine times out of ten sort the initial problem the main thing when it comes to condensation apart from cold walls etc etc is ventilation now, this has long been a, an issue between tenants and landlords. How do you go and solve condensation? Well, there's a couple of ways. You've got to look at the windows. Are the windows good enough? Do you have trickle vents on the windows? If you don't have trickle vents on the windows, it might be worth getting trickle vents put on your windows. It's a relatively inexpensive measure, but it can lead to, lead to a massive difference. So check out that. If you've got a lot of single glazing, it's an old property, you might want to consider getting your windows upgraded. Uh, with trickle vents as well. You know, get some double glazing in there. Get trickle vents in there as well. Mechanical extraction. Double check that everything in, you know, especially kitchens and bathrooms, is there some form of mechanical extraction? You know, when the hot air is rising, where's it going? You know, is it going outside the property? If it's just sticking in the property, you've got a bit of an issue there. Same with, you know, uh, cookers and you know, cooker hoods and so forth. If people are cooking, you know, is that moisture going up through the ducting? Uh, but is that ducting then going outside of the property? Because if it's just recirculated into the house, 
which you know I've seen happen. I'll be honest, where I live at the moment in Hull, we have the same issue in in our sort of living kitchen area that there's no real ventilation on the cooker. So whenever someone cooks, myself and my flatmate, all the steam and everything, it just rises and it just sits everywhere. So you know, we have to open the patio door to get that sorted. Now, the reason we do that is because we understand that we need to do that. It's the same when it's clothes drying as well. We always dry our clothes internally because we have in the garden. So whenever the clothes are done, again, the patio doors open for about half an hour to let that air circulate, to stop the, you know, it needs to let the bad air out, to let the good air, the cold air, the fresh air come in. And this is a challenge we're working with tenants on this because how does mould occur? Well, mould occurs through, as a result of condensation, you know, pretty much being left there. So is it a tenant responsibility? Is it a landlord responsibility? Well, it's both. The tenant has to be educated on condensation, to be fair. They have to be told, you've got to get your windows open 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. Now, that's a lot easier in the summer than it is in the winter. I appreciate if it's winter, it's cold, it might be zero degrees, it might be colder, and people might not want to let cold air in. I get that, I understand that, but this will lead to a lot of issues if you don't at least do that every day. Again, getting the trickle vents on your windows, piece of cake, get that looked at. Mechanical extraction, again, get that looked at and make sure that all this air from cooking, bathing, washing, whatever, is going outside of the property. And again, mechanical extraction, it can be quite an expensive thing to sort out. It doesn't have to be ridiculously expensive, it can be quite simple to sort out as well. So there are ways to overcome condensation. The key thing is to not let it build up. And that's where it's responsibility of the tenant to not let that happen. So they need to air out the property. They need to have the right mechanical extraction in place. They need to have everything you know, set up for them and to consistently be told that's what they need to do. So it's just communication at the end of the day. It's quite important. I, I do sound passionate about this, you know, from doing a lot of EPCs recently and other forms of house surveys as well. I am passionate about this because I've seen a lot of property and you know, it's not for me to sit here and name names and stuff. I've seen some really good property and I have seen some absolutely abhorrent property. And to go in, I've got to have that neutral perspective. You know, I've got to have a chat with the tenants about condensation, about airing the property. Some of them nod, smile, say yes. Some of them, you know, go off for one about their landlord, their landlady. It's difficult. So I have to sit on the fence with that. And that's why I'm sitting on the fence here and saying, as a landlord, landlady, it's our responsibility to look at condensation as well, or get our lettings agents to do it, etc. It's our responsibility to make sure that the tenants have got pretty much everything they need, but then it's also the responsibility of the tenants to be, you know, letting the fresh air circulate as and when they can, as best as they can, even in the summer, even in the winter. That is fundamental in order to have a good, clean, consistent property, 100%. And if you, again, if you don't manage your properties on your own and you've got a lettings agent in the middle, get your lettings agent to make sure they're you know, checking in every now and then when they can and to keep reminding tenants about condensation, etc. moving forward. So that is damp and condensation. Just a very, very simple recap. Two types of damp, rising damp, penetrating damp. Rising damp comes from the very bottom, the ground floor, goes up to about 1.5 meters. Gravity does a job, it's vertical. Penetrating damp can come through issues with tiling, roofing, etc. It's more than likely gonna be horizontal. 
it is pretty obvious to see it when it happens. And then on the other side, you've got condensation. That's warm air, that's warm air hitting cold air. Get mechanical extraction sorted. Look at your window vents, look at your trickle vents. Also get the property aired properly, get your tenants to air the property properly as well. Use that, you know, use those mechanisms if you're directing your tenants or with your, or through your latest agents, I should say. Moving forwards, we've got some exciting stuff coming up, exciting mini series coming up, Women in Business. That's not just looking at property as well as some really exciting content coming up. I've got some great guests as well. So really look forward to, you know, sharing stories from others as well. So check out that. Uh, the first episode is next week. So look out for that in the feed as well. And as always, thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. For those who get in touch with us, you know, we really appreciate it. Continue to like, you know, share the podcast with others, subscribe, you know, get others to subscribe as well. You know, look out for our books on Amazon, buy to let how to get started, 101 top property tips, you know, loads of stuff out there. Try and give you as much as we possibly can. But until next time, hasta luego.